Welcome to the Be About Being Better podcast, where we help people make evidence-based, sustainable, small changes for their health that compound into huge shifts towards a better, more vibrant life. I'm your host, Abby Stacier, a health and life coach, future registered dietitian, a master's graduate from Columbia University, and a certified intuitive eating counselor. And I believe that we can't make lasting or meaningful change single-handedly, so I'm so happy that you're here so that together you can see that a diet-free, sustainable lifestyle is possible, and you can leverage that to live a better life. And remember my disclaimer, this podcast is meant to give you general information and it's not meant to substitute or replace medical advice, a diagnosis, or service treatment. Hello, hello, y'all. Welcome back to the Be About Being Better podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. Oh, the guest we have coming on, Sydney David, my girl, is going to blow you all away. You're going to want to take notes for this episode. I know every podcaster says that, but for this, she runs through, here's exactly what you need in your kitchen. Here are exactly the spices that you need. Here's where to start with a meal prep routine. So you're just going to want to write all these things down so that you, you got your grocery list for this week. Uh, it's going to be an amazing episode. Sydney and I completed our master's together at Columbia. So we both got our master's in nutrition and exercise physiology. And I I just admire her so much. She's so great at helping people ease into cooking and make it not intimidating and still make things flavorful. Sometimes when we think, oh, easy recipes, we are compromising flavor. Sydney doesn't do that. She teaches you how to make your food flavorful in less time with not too many ingredients so that you're getting a nutrient-dense meal when you can still be busy and keep up with with your busy lifestyle and all the things that y'all have going on. So I'm excited to dive into this episode and I can't wait to hear what y'all think about it. Thanks for listening. See you in the episode. Hello, hello, y'all. I am so excited to welcome Sydney Naveed to the podcast, my girl. Thank you so much for being here today, Sid. I'm so pumped for this. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to get to chat with you. Oh, I appreciate you. Well, we're going to dive right in because this is going to be a rapid fire type episode because you have so many tips for us and I want to make sure that we hit everything. Um, could you start us off with, you know, this is a question we ask all of our listeners. We just like to dive right in. What is something that you've been through in your life that was really hard to go through at the time, but has since made you better. Like you can look back on it now and be like, wow, that I'm so grateful that that happened because mm -hmm. it made me and my life better. I love that question. And I feel like this is something I've been talking a lot with just my friends. I think everybody right now in their 20s, we're all going through stuff and people are just much more open to talking about it and normalizing everything that we're feeling. Yeah. So when I had to move back home to LA from New York during COVID, that transition really was one of the most challenging things that I've been through. Transitioning from living independently in New York, doing my own thing, hanging out with my friends, to being back at home with my family, with my parents for over a year and not yeah. anticipating that to happen was Definitely tough for me. And then on top of that transition, I was dealing with my disordered eating, navigating a very unhealthy romantic relationship that I was in at the time. 
And all of that really culminated with me just having the worst anxiety I've ever had in my life. And the most chronic anxiety where it just feels like it's consuming every part of your life. And it's the only thing that you can think about from the moment you wake up in the morning until the time where your body allows you to go to sleep and sort of be free from all of the racing thoughts that are going through your mind. So even though that was really one of the most difficult times of my life, it's ultimately what encouraged me to seek therapy, seek working with a registered dietitian who specializes in eating disorders and really embarking on my spiritual journey. And because of all of those experiences, now I can say that I have the best relationship to food that I've ever had in my life. I have the best relationship with myself, with my friends. So I look back on it and I'm so grateful because I know the universe had a plan for me and there was a reason why I had to go through all of those, all of those obstacles. Wow. That just gave me chills. And just knowing you as a friend throughout that time and to see where you were then and where you are now, it is like night and day. I am so proud of your growth and I I really appreciate you sharing that because I know that there's a lot of people listening right now that are in that stage where they have anxiety. Maybe they are living back home still. They don't have a lot of control over their life. Maybe they are in that toxic relationship and your story really gives people a lot of hope. Yeah. I think my biggest piece of advice is just take it day by day and know that it's only going to get easier. It's only going to go up from here. Mm. And it's going to make you a better person. You're going to grow so much. You're going to learn so much. And yeah, you just have to remember that there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, 100%. And I like taking it day by day. It just makes it smaller because when we start to zoom out, then we start catastrophizing our life. Yes, for sure. We We all know that feeling. Yes. And I'm not surprised that you were also having a lot of gut health issues at this time. If you were feeling a lot of fight or flight and stress, one Mm -hmm. thing that Sid and I have in common, um, listeners, is that we both have been diagnosed with SIBO. The struggle is so real. We have been on that low FODMAP journey. Not fun. No. Not fun. Oh, have things resolved as far as that stuff? Wow. I mean, luckily, my SIBO has been cured and I haven't relapsed, which is amazing. And overall, yeah, I mean, you know, here and there, I had some flare-ups. But other than that, consistently, I'm pretty good, which I'm very grateful for. And I do think that knowing how to manage your stress, figuring out the tools, the lifestyle changes, the habits that are going to help minimize your stress and anxiety, it's all related and it all goes back to your gut health. So those two are so, so connected to each other. And if you can learn how to best manage your stress and anxiety, it's going to do wonders for your digestive health. 100%. I completely agree. And that's exactly what I saw helped me the most was managing my stress. Like, yes, it matters what food you're putting in your system, but you could be eating the most low FODMAP, sugar-free, dairy-free, all the things free food. And if you're still yeah. stressed to the gills, you're not going to digest yeah. that as well. You don't yeah. have okay. a like safe vessel for the food to be digested and processed okay. in. Okay. Uh, so I love that you're echoing this too, so that y'all listeners don't just have to hear it from me. T- take it from somebody else too. <laughs> I, will, 
I love it. Well, one of the habits that I admire so much about you, uh, yeah, your cooking skills, your meal prep ability, and your ability to, in such an easy way, open people's eyes to different ingredients, different recipes, different combinations of food in really a non-intimidating way that can add a lot of flavor. Like We can still have a nutrient-dense meal that doesn't take a lot of time to prepare, that is seasoned very well, that isn't just chicken and white rice. That's my goal. That's the reason why I created my website, my Instagram, and my TikTok, and my newest subscription, Cooking With These. It's because I really want to share with my community approachable, nutrient-dense, delicious, satisfying meals that don't take too long to prepare. And I really want to give them the tools to become just a more confident cook in the kitchen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I really need this too. So I kind of brought Sydney up a little selfishly because I need these foundational cooking skills as well. And I know that this will be really helpful for y'all. So let's start off with that. What as far as cooking skills go, what are the foundational things that we need to know? What can make starting to get acquainted with the kitchen? What can we do to make that process easier? Definitely. So I think first off is just learning how to stock your kitchen. I know many of us are living in very tight spaces. We don't have a lot of room for storage. We might have a little, little cabinet space, smaller fridges. So it's really about maximizing how we use that space. And I think just coming up with, you know, like the foundational ingredients that you are going to be using day to day, your oils, your produce, your dry goods, like do you have your rice, your quinoa, do you have lentils, do you have canned garbanzo beans, just like having things that are in your pantry and in your fridge and freezer so that you just have ingredients to cook with from week to week. I also think this may sound just very, I don't even know what the word is, like obviously, Sydney, but learning how to read a recipe properly. It might be like, duh, we all know how to do that. But I think it's so important before you actually get started to cook is reading the recipe from top to bottom, making sure that you have all of your ingredients laid out, making sure that you read the directions so that you can anticipate what you're going to be doing later on. It's just going to help make sure that the cooking process goes much more smoothly. You're going to prevent making any mistakes. So definitely recommend reading your recipe. I am so guilty of this where I will read a recipe once through on like the back of the package or whatever it is. Okay, great. Got it. I'll throw the package out. And then I'm like opening the trash can again, trying yeah. to reread yeah. it because I'm like, wait, what was that? Like, mm -hmm. don't throw out the package before you're done. <laughs> the pro yeah. tip. Yeah. Yes. And, and really follow it because there's a difference if things need to be sifted before you put it in or um, exactly. I know in our, we take a lot of food science classes to be a registered dietitian and there was one like food science lab that we were in where at least I had to do, we had different options for what we could do for our at-home lab. I picked the one that was in a baking recipe, put all the sugar in at one time versus putting the sugar, put like a third of it in, stir it up, right. a third, right. stir it up, a third, stir it up versus all at one time. And I had two different batches and one was completely dried out, crunchy, was not, and then the other one was perfect. So there really is a difference, like just putting a whole cup of sugar in is different than putting a third stir, a third stir, a third stir of sugar. For sure. A lot of recipes will say after an ingredient, they'll have a comma and then it will say divided. 
So that means it could say like a cup of cheese divided. So that means that at one step in the recipe, you're going to be using a portion of the cheese. And then later on in the recipe, you're going to be using the remaining. So looking out for those keywords like divided. Also, a lot of people get confused with, let's say, an ingredient says like one tablespoon of parsley chopped. What that means is that you're going to take a tablespoon of parsley leaves and then chop it versus if the recipe says one tablespoon of chopped parsley means that the tablespoon contains parsley that has been already chopped. So being able to distinguish between the order is really important too. Mm, I love that. Yeah, because you could have too much. And especially with dry spices, they're Mm -hmm. dried out, so they're more concentrated. So sometimes you don't need as much of the dry ingredient than the fresh. Yeah. And I mean, other foundational cooking skills are your basic knife skills, how to make just a delicious, simple salad dressing, how to cook rice, how to cook quinoa, how to roast, how to steam vegetables, how to cook your protein. And while this may seem very overwhelming, I always recommend watching YouTube videos. YouTube videos are super helpful. Also, even on Instagram and TikTok, just watching, having that visual component, I think makes it a lot easier to learn. And with practice, you are going to master the skills eventually. Mm, yes, yes, I love that. And don't be afraid to watch YouTube videos. Like, it's, it's- I watch YouTube videos now. I'm not a formally trained chef, so even I need to go look up and you know consult outer sources who are experts in their field. Hundred mm-hmm, percent. Now, what would you say would be the main tools that we should have stocked in our kitchen to use? Sure. So I think this really depends on the extent to which you are cooking. For me, I'm someone that is cooking day in and day out. So I have all the tools, all the kitchen equipment under the sun. If you need something, I have it. But I really think that there are just basic things that everybody should have. So baking sheets. So this is what you're putting in the oven. And along with that, if you want to keep them nice and clean, I like to do first a layer of aluminum foil followed by a layer of parchment paper. And I love parchment paper. You get unbleached, so it's non-toxic. It's naturally non-stick. So it just helps with minimal cleanup. And it's better for you than putting it straight on the pan or putting it on top of aluminum foil. Because over time, if you are continuously putting your food, especially if it's like an acidic or spicy food on aluminum foil, the aluminum may leach into the food over time. So Mm. I just like to avoid that altogether and use parchment paper. Wow. Okay, great. But you would line first with the aluminum foil and then put the parchment paper on top. I like to do the aluminum foil first, especially if I'm making something that can leach some sauce because then you have like that extra barrier. So then I really don't have to clean the sheet pan. Like sometimes if I'm making salmon and like the fattiness and the juiciness, it can seep through the parchment paper. So I just like having that added protection. Okay, great. Love that. And we're all about having less cleanup for sure. Because I think that's why a lot of people are intimidated to cook. They're like, I just don't want to deal with all these dishes. Ain't nobody got time for that. So that's, I love that pro tip. So also, if you're someone who wants to cook some more protein, but you're like me and you're a little OCD about, you know, cross-contamination or your OCD about, is my chicken fully cooked? Is it at 165? I got a meat thermometer. And it wasn't until that I started cooking for other people when I was doing my private chef work 
that I was like, I need to get a meat thermometer. And it's a life changer. It's made me so much more confident. And it's made my chicken come out nice and moist. It's not dry and overcooked. So I love my meat thermometer. I use it for chicken, steak, salmon. I think that's a must-have. I also like having measuring cups and spoons. Those come in handy, especially during baking. Making sure that you just have a few pots and pans, a good cutting board, a good knife. And I know everybody's into the air fryer these days, and I think it's a great way to achieve a nice crispiness and golden brown exterior in a short amount of time. So I definitely recommend an air fryer if you're someone that wants to cook in a very time-effective way. Yes, which I think we're all about that for sure. Now, going back to the cutting board, would you recommend a wooden, or I think they're kind of bamboo, right? That type of cutting board or a plastic one? So I'm not, to be honest, up to date with the newest like food safety information on cutting boards because I know some of them harbor bacteria more than others. I will just tell you the brand that I have been using lately and I really like. It's the cutting boards from Material Kitchen. So I like to have two to three cutting boards and I'll tell you what the purpose of each is. The first one I like to use only for fruit. And the second one I'll use for my vegetables if I'm cutting onions and garlic. And let me let me tell you why. If I was using the same cutting board for fruits, vegetables, and onions and garlic, you might cut up a mango and then taste it and realize, hmm, why does this taste like garlic? So I like to have one exclusively for my fruit, one that I'll use for other things. And then the third one I like to use for any raw protein, and that's going to help prevent any sort of cross-contamination. Love that. And I know that they have sets that have different yeah, colors. Yeah, they have sets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So that can be really helpful. Really, like, okay, the red is always for my raw meat. I know it's kind of the red zone. I want to make sure mm-hmm. that I'm... Um, and if you are like rinsing your chicken or, you know, washing your cutting board, make sure to also wash your whole sink too. I don't know if people are already doing this, but you know, you definitely want to make sure that you're not having any cross-contamination. So you actually don't need to rinse chicken. That is actually a big food safety hazard. So you don't need to rinse your chicken. You can just pat it dry with a paper towel. Some people rinse their fish. So sometimes I will rinse my salmon if it looks a little bit slimy, but honestly, maybe not even necessary, but definitely don't rinse your chicken. Don't wash it in the sink. You're just spreading bacteria all over the sink surface. Wow. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Learning new things every day. Okay. Great. Now, as far as what to stock our cabinets with, what spices or condiments would you recommend? What's in your rotation? Or what would you recommend for a beginner? Definitely. So if we're someone that's all about the quick and easy meals, I love to do a vegetable fried rice or a vegetable fried quinoa with whatever veggies, fresh or frozen, that I have on hand, along with whatever protein I have, whether that's an egg, tofu, tempeh, beans, shrimp, chicken, fish. And I have, I call it my like holy trinity of spices to make a fried rice. So that's soy sauce, coconut aminos, and toasted sesame oil. And then I also like throwing either some lime or unseasoned rice vinegar. So I always have those. 
I also love to have a really good sriracha to add a little bit of spice and extra flavor to whatever I'm making. So right now, I love the brand um, Yellowbird. And you can find it on Whole Foods. You can find it on their website. And I love their blue agave sriracha. It's absolutely delicious. And I promise if you buy it, you will be addicted. It is so, so good. In terms of spices, I like to have garlic powder, onion powder. Um, I'll use turmeric and cumin and curry powder when I'm making a really delicious vegetable red lentil curry. I like chili flakes. Um, really, you just have to find what's good for you. And you don't have to buy everything at once. Start with just a couple. Experiment with those. And once you feel like, okay, I'm ready to experiment with something new, then you can bring on a couple of more. I also think it's super important to have a fine grain sea salt. So I like to use Himalayan pink salt. And the brand I use is um, the real salt. So I have that. And then I also have kosher salt. And I'll use kosher salt when I'm making a broth or if I'm seasoning my pasta water. Um, and then just some good black pepper. That's what I have. That's so great. I love that. And I like that you mentioned too that you don't have to get everything all at once because I think we kind of feel that urge sometimes. Like, I'm going to get serious about meal prep. I'm really going to do it this time. Let me get everything. And yeah. then our grocery bill gets so expensive. And then we're not motivated to keep going because you're like, I just can't sustain this every single week. So try and get things, you know, one week at a time. And also recognize too that when you get these spices, if they are more of an expense, more of an investment, it's not something that you have to get every single week. It's going to last you a long time. Right, right. And I think it falls back to this all or nothing approach that so many of us have. Like, if I'm going to do this, I have to do it the right way. I have to do it all at one time or there's just no point in doing it at all. But especially mm -hmm. when you're starting to implement meal prepping or just starting to implement healthier habits into your life, you have to do it slowly because if you do it slowly, it's going to be more sustainable and you're going to be able to carry it on for a much longer period of time. So you just have to go at your own pace and know that you're not going to be perfect and you might not be able to meal prep every week, but at least you are making the effort and you are trying now. Yes, exactly. So tell us about your meal prepping routine and what you would recommend to somebody that is a beginner with this. Sure. So I always like to remind people that there's no one size fits all approach for meal prepping. And meal prep can really mean different things to different people. And you have to figure out what works best for you, what works best for your schedule, and what works best for your lifestyle. So for me, I am in my dietetic internship like Abby, but I started a little bit later. So I'll get home between 5 and 6 p.m. So what works for me is to either batch cook during the weekend when I have a little bit of time or I'll come home and I'll just whip up something very quick. So let me cover what batch cooking means. So let's say on a Sunday I have like one or two hours to take some time to cook. So I'm going to maybe make a batch of rice a batch of quinoa. I will make one or two salad dressings. Maybe I'll make a tahini sauce. I'll 
have my veggies all prepped, whether that means I'm getting pre-washed, pre-cut vegetables, or I am doing some washing of things just so I have it ready within reach in the fridge. Maybe I cook some tofu. Maybe I roast some chickpeas. Maybe I will pan sear some chicken tap. So just having some basic neutral ingredients that I can jazz up throughout the week. Something else I'll do is I'll sit down during the weekend and I will figure out, okay, how many nights am I going to be eating at home this week and how many nights or how many meals will I be eating out? So let's say I decide, okay, I'm going to be home for four meals this week. Then I can say, which recipes do I want to make or like, what am I feeling like? And you can get inspiration from Google. You can get inspiration by saving posts on Instagram or TikTok or from a subscription like the one that I offer. So then I'll choose a couple of recipes. I will make my grocery list. I'll go to the market or I'll get my groceries delivered. And that way, when I come home during the week, I have an idea of what I'm going to make. I will maybe have done some of the prep already when I had some time on the weekend that it'll take me about 30 minutes or less to make something for dinner. It's really whatever works for you. If you're someone that likes to take a little bit of more time to invest during the weekend to do that cooking so that it's really easy during the week, I think that's great. But if you're someone who likes to come home and sort of like unwind after a long day and take like 30 to 45 minutes to cook. I think that's wonderful too. I find it to be very therapeutic. So making like a sheet pan dinner, making a stir fry, um, those are all very easy, simple things that I personally don't get tired of and I'll have it every single week. Yeah. And I think that that's important because a lot of people don't like leftovers. Mm-hmm. I love leftovers. I'm a big repurpose your leftovers sort of girl. So I think for people that get tired of leftovers, making some sort of a nourishable can be really a good option. So for me, a nourishable is like it's similar to a grain bowl where you have a grain, whether that your quinoa, your rice, or a starchy vegetable like sweet potatoes or butternut squash, something like that with some non-starchy vegetables like broccoli, cauliflower, um, bell peppers, whatever, zucchini, whatever your favorite things are. Then you have a plant or an animal-based protein, and you have some sort of dressing or sauce to tie it all together. So if you have all of those individual components ready, that means you can mix and match them throughout the week. Maybe you're feeling like you want some Mexican flavors, so you will saute your vegetables in some cumin and smoked paprika and chili powder so that you get those Mexican flavors and then you can top it with some guacamole and salsa and maybe have it with a tortilla. Or you're feeling like Asian, so you can stir fry your grain with your veggies and tofu and add those condiments that I was talking about and maybe even add in some kimchi for some delicious fermented probiotic, you know, foods. Or if you want to make it Middle Eastern, you can use your chickpeas and your tahini and lemon and herbs. So you can see that if you have this blank canvas, you can elevate it using different ingredients and different spices and it'll make it interesting. And once you just like keep doing it, I promise it's going to become like second nature. Yeah. So I think people have to figure out what are the basics that I want to have as my blank canvas, whether that be my my rice, my quinoa, my sweet potatoes, chicken, turkey, fish, 
or shrimp, whatever that is, because you can flavor that a million different ways, however you're feeling that night or that week. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so good. And you can also have things hot or cold. Like sometimes I'll roast a bunch of vegetables and I'll heat it up with dinner, like you know, roasted broccoli. And then sometimes I'll have the roasted broccoli still cold, but I'll put that on a salad. It'll be more mm-hmm. of like a grain bowl, but that adds a different smoky flavor. Yeah. And I also like to remind people who tell me, they're like, this is great. Like, I want to start meal prepping, but I just don't have the time. And my philosophy is you can always make time. If you want to do something, you will make the time to do it. And for me, you have to recognize that if you're investing one hour of your weekend to meal prep, or two hours to do your grocery shopping, your shopping list, doing some prep. It is going to save you time and that mental energy during the week. How many of us have come home after a long day of work and we are starving and we are just reaching for anything that is in sight? So we end up eating the chips, the really energy dense packaged foods that after we eat them, we're gonna be like, mm, I don't feel well. Right. So how do we prevent that from happening? You have to just plan and set yourself up for success. So that's why I always recommend doing just a little bit of meal prepping so that when you come home ravenous, you're not making sort of just, I don't know, like rash decisions. And if you don't have something ready and you need to have a little snack while you are getting dinner ready, try to have some sort of like fiber-rich food, whether that's like some carrots and cucumbers and pairing it with a fat. I like to do um, like I like to cut up some crudite, some vegetables, and then I'll dip it in some tahini with sea salt and lemon juice. And it's so good and it holds me over. It's something crunchy and cold and the tahini is nice and creamy. You can also have some cheese if you are someone that tolerates lactose and dairy. I love having like a couple of bites of cheese with some olives and crackers, just making a little balanced bite and putting it on a plate or putting it in a bowl so that you are more mindful of the portion size is a great way to have something to eat as a little appetizer, as a little nosh while you are cooking. I love that because a lot of people don't think about their snacks until they're ravenous and then they just go for whatever is the more calorie dense option that that usually is more convenient or packaged and processed that doesn't leave us nourished for that long and then we're just hungry a little bit later. Um, So that could be a good place if somebody's intimidated by meal prep, they don't really know where to start. And what I would suggest is start with maybe one meal for the week. Mm-hmm. But you could also just start with your afternoon snack. If you know that you get home ravenous, like let's plan ahead for that and have an afternoon snack so that you're more level-headed as you are prepping for dinner and not totally yeah. ravenous. Awesome. So tell us about your Cooking with Ease subscription. Sure. So I recently released my subscription, Cooking with Ease, which I like to say is a part newsletter, part subscription. So let me break that down. The first Sunday of every single month, I send out a free newsletter to all of my subscribers where I include products I'm loving, recipes that I want to try. Maybe I'll give some nutrition tips. And for people that 
do a paid subscription, which I offer either monthly or annually, you will get a brand new paid subscriber exclusive recipe sent to your inbox every single week. So that means you're getting four or more recipes a month and they are all delicious. I like to make them ready in under 30 minutes. They are satisfying. And you're not only getting the recipe, you get a lot more. You're going to get meal prep tips. You're going to get nutrition knowledge. I'm going to give you suggestions for how to repurpose and meal prep Mm -hmm. that dish. And I also give you ideas for breakfast, lunch, and snack for the week. So whether you are someone who is just dipping their toes into cooking or you are someone that is a seasoned home cook but you're just stuck in your dinner time routine and you want some weekly recipe inspiration, Cooking With Ease is for you. And I'm here to really build a community that is empowered to get in the kitchen, who's excited to cook and who really want to just like bring back more pleasure into the kitchen. So good. So I think people are really stressed out and intimidated by it. So I love that you're really breaking it down for people and helping others to enjoy the experience of cooking and to not be so afraid of it. Yeah, y'all, we have this all linked up in the show notes. So head to the show notes and get the subscription, get all of the tips because Sydney is an absolute wizard and she really stays up to date on the newest products and, you know, what's out there and what's beneficial for us to use. So definitely sign up for this. Sid, where can people find you? Where are you hanging out nowadays? Yes. So I'm a lot of places. I'm on Instagram, which is where I'm posting primarily. It's just at Sydney Navid, and Abby will link that in the show notes. I'm also dabbling on TikTok, which is at sydney.navid. And I have my website, which is www.sydneynavid.com. And my subscription, which is on Substack. And you can find that linked on my Instagram and my website. Perfect. Perfect. And we'll also have all of that in the show notes as well. Yay. All right. Well, last question to close this out, Sid. What is something you're going to do this week to make yourself and your health better? So something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, but I just haven't made that step into actually doing it, is improving my nighttime unwinding routine. I'm someone for the longest time who needs to watch TV in order to go to sleep. And I find myself getting into bed. I'm not even present when I'm watching TV because I'm also on my phone. I'm responding to texts. I'm looking on Instagram. I'm browsing TikTok. So I really want to make a conscious effort to put my phone away Earlier in the evening, I'm shooting for 8 or 9 p.m., putting it on Do Not Disturb. And I think I'm going to make a goal for myself to maybe read a book or just adopt a different activity before going to sleep. So maybe I'll start it once a week because I think that is going to be more realistic than me saying, oh, Every single night this week, I'm going to read a book before bed because I know I'm not going to be able to do that. So it's all about, like we've been talking about this entire episode, is starting small and slow. Yes. Oh, I love this so much. I feel like you need our main character morning routine episode and also our how to stop snoozing episode. So I'm going to link those two up in, in the show notes because if you're snoozing in the morning, if it's hard for you to get up, 
it's not a morning routine problem. It's an evening routine problem. Because people are normally eating or drinking too close to bed. They're plugged into electronics as they're trying to fall asleep or they're working too close to bed and they're not allowing themselves to wind down. So I'll definitely, I'll send you those episodes and we'll link those up in the show notes too in case anybody else is struggling with their evening routine as well. Yeah, well, Sid, thank you so much for all of your knowledge, all of your tips, and for your resource cooking with ease. I'm really excited for people to dive into that as well. Me too. Love you too. Thank you. Bye. Hey, y'all. Thanks again for listening to the Be About Being Better podcast. I so appreciate you. If this episode made you laugh, smile, think about yourself or your life differently, in any way making your life better, I empower you to share the show with three people who, just like you, need to hear this message and have this type of transformation in their lives. I personally read all the reviews of the show and see the Instagram story shares and honestly gives me so much joy to see that our mission is making people's lives better and the reviews really do help in increasing our impact so thank you so much for taking the time to do that if you need personalized support with anything discussed in today's episode or need help creating a sustainable diet-free lifestyle take my quiz it's linked below in the show notes and that quiz will help you see which one of our coaching programs is right for you thank you so much again for listening and here's to being about being better